Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. What kind of programs does this school have? How are the test scores? How many kids do a classroom? Homes.com knows these are all things you ask when you're home shopping as a parent. That's why each listing on Homes.com includes extensive reports on local schools, including photos, parent reviews, test scores, student-teacher ratio, school rankings, and more. The information is from multiple trusted sources and curated by Homes.com's dedicated in-house research team. It's also you can make the right decision for your family. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash Yo, ho, 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 what is up, everybody? How's it going? It's your young boy. You heard that voice. You know what it is. It's Nerdificent, and I'm your host, Ify Wadiway, and uh, Danny is sitting it out yesterday. She was at the Record Ralph premiere, living that high life getting autographs i was right there riding the coattails you know in there just chomping up on the free food i came in your boy knows what to do act like you've been here you know uh but yeah so she's sitting out but i have two illustrious guests here today actually good friends of mine not like those strangers we usually have on uh (laughs) today i'm sitting with rokam and kwang how you doing hey how's it going how you feeling how y'all feeling i mean I'm pretty good. Good, man. Um, just to be clear, I had McDonald's today, and I never do that. Oh, no. Was it like a long time since you've had McDonald's? Uh, I can't get into that either, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> There's a long history. But, uh, well, I, feel I, fine, we, I actually did have McDonald's while watching the movie The Founder. Oh. Like, like I felt like that was something that, that, was I, the that, time that, that I had to do. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Definitely, yeah. I'm trying to think of other foods you can eat while watching certain the movies. The founder. Oh, other movies? Yeah. Like, if you're, like, uh-huh. watching Harold and Kumar, maybe, like, closing out with White Castle. I feel like if you eat it up You know top. what? That movie made me so sad. There was, <laughs> they, on the West Coast, it's like, yeah. what oh, is Oh, I was that? so mad. I didn't yeah, know I what that so was. I, that's how I felt about Sonics until I realized you can go behind the orange curtain and find one. <laughs> right, right. You know, your boy was in Compton, like, yo, where's the Sonics? I keep seeing the commercials. I don't know why I talk like that, but. Yeah. But yeah, so let's get into. Besides that, doing great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Doing great. So Kwong is a photographer. You do you do it all. You you design toys. You work at stance. You, uh, like, what? Is there anything you don't do? Have free time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm pretty busy, and we're actually getting ready for a show called Decon. Um, Ooh, that should be 
this comes out yeah this weekend it'll be this weekend if you're listening to yeah. it if you're in the general la area drive down to anaheim go to decom and come meet them in person if you're like i like those voices let me go uh see them in person yeah it's gonna be that. pretty great it's it's three times the size of what it was last year um, wow yeah so yeah. and they've brought some pretty incredible vendors so for the people who don't know what Decon is or DesignerCon, uh, can you explain it to them so they can give them a, like a quick TLDR? Yeah, um, Decon is a it's a great convention that has a lot of like different products made by probably some of your fav- favorite artists, you know. Um, and it's a way to sort of interact with them outside of like like a Comic Con, where it's like you know jam packed. Your sardines in there. Decon's a little bit more breathable, a, a lot more personable. You know, it's a way to just get to know and, and, like, really handle and see things, like, up close and personal and have, like, everybody has essentially their own booth, so it's like a personal gallery. Yeah. You know, it's like hundreds of artists, they are showing off all their best stuff. They've, they've everybody's worked towards this, like, all year long, so it's pretty incredible. That's awesome because on the Comic-Con episode, we talked about how we feel Comic-Con has pushed artists to, like, their artist alley corner and really it went from celebrating art to more celebrating uh television and media companies and right things derivative of you know yeah we call it like we kind of you know make fun in our own way just call it like pop culture con yeah. at this point because it's, it's like it's interesting when i'll look at like artists that draw you know all the books and stuff and they'll sell pages for you know very affordable amounts and somebody there's somebody selling like a cute version of of the character as a print for like twenty bucks. Yeah, you know, basically like hurting the bottom line of the guys that are actually creating, you know, creating the products. Yeah. So, oh man, uh, let's let's. I'm gonna turn over to my man Rocom. But we go still here, way back. We go so far back. Yeah, I think you were in high school. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know what? Uh, we uh, we were on a podcast when we first met. Yeah, yeah. And I then I just latched on to you. I was. <laughs> I was I was right. like, this this rapper right here, this is my guy. That's right. I know. And then you finally re-released those tracks on Spotify, right? Like just a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That so, stuff had been stashed away forever. Yes. And um, I I looked at it. It used to be very expensive to put your music up on streaming services. And mm-hmm. then um, now, since it's really the only way people are listening to music, I found a place that does unlimited albums for 20 bucks for the whole year or something. Oh, wow. Stuff. I yeah. mean, it's time to do this. Yeah, yeah. It's, time to <laughs> it's put okay it back. if no one listens. I could, yeah, yeah. I could skip an action figure and put twenty dollars yeah. <laughs> into uh, into my music being online. So. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, if you're listening to the podcast on Spotify, how about you uh, go ahead and click over and uh, go listen to some of Rocom's music after you're done here. Uh, but yeah, that's not all you do. I got no, a lot of multifaceted a, years folks. ago. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so the reason I think I'm here for this yeah, episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I kickstarted a vinyl toy um, back in February, and it was funded. And so um, the toys finally uh, come from the factory maybe a month ago or so, and it's going to debut at Decon this weekend. So um, that'll be at Blitzkrieg Toys, booth 2729 um, at the Anaheim Convention Center. So it's been a ton of work. Kwong um, does all of the custom work on the toys we do for the limited runs. And so he's been super busy painting, and I'm not the only guy whose toys he's doing. So there's um there's Mishka, there's Kwong. You could probably speak to this. Oh yeah, I'm painting up some toys for uh, Blitzkrieg toys, of course. Um, Mishka as well, 
and Rocom some things for uh, Ish, Justin Ishmael's toy brand. So I'm so, pretty busy. <laughs> I think that's part of the fun thing uh, with the community at Decon or for designer toys in general is that community because there's not really that many people out there. You know, Decon's a huge show. There's a lot of people at that show as vendors, but I think as a designer vinyl scene, there's not that many names. Like, um, I mean, De- DesignerCon, when it started, it was the smallest room. It was like a $5 entry fee, and it's just exploded into this thing that's like three full halls. It's probably the same size as BlizzCon now for this year, and yeah. we've never seen it like that. Well, it's crazy to see how designer toys have kind of blown up. And I know we're talking all around it, and we'll get into the origin and deep stuff right, now. Right. But this is the the kind of interesting convo and just a little background about y'all. Um, but I feel like it kind of, in the most, quote-unquote, mainstream way, like when people started seeing pop and got comfortable collecting those, it just went from there. Because at least that's how it was for me. Like, I had a pop, and I was like... Yeah, but this, uh, this, uh, what is it? The, um, oh, I'm gonna mess it up. The, the, the bunny one. Yeah, right. So Kid Robot. Yes. Uh, back, I think around early 2000s, they mm-hmm. had the Dunnies, Dunnies, which were all artist driven designs. Mm-hmm. It was kind of, it's, I think it's a mix between Devil and Bunny. Yeah. Is how they got that. And then there was the blank custom versions, which are called Money, which was kind of like a monkey Dunny mm-hmm. type thing. But, um, those were the ones that really kind of set off an artist series of this is kind of the blank template, which Funko Pop definitely is. Um, and then using an artist angle at each one. The only thing is Funko uh, is all uh, license driven. Whereas Kid Robot, its origins were all an artist driven. Right. Yeah. Fun fact with the, with the Dunny itself, I believe it was Tristan Eaton. Um, he's a graffiti artist uh, and a phenomenal artist. He, I think when he was 18, he helped co-create that toy. Um, with Paul um, Buznitz, is his Paul Budnitz. Bud, Budnitz. We we got info on that guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. we got some notes on Paul. Yeah. Oh, nice. But the Dunny, it, it's kind of incredible, you know, just to think of like the eighteen, you know, an eighteen-year-old like help co-creating this toy. That's yeah. Like, that all these people bought and collected in droves. So dope. But let's just go in for some of the people whose heads are spinning. Was like, hold on, y'all are talking <laughs> all about the deep stuff. I need to get the origins. All right. What's a designer toy? Yeah, yeah. We whew, we got we got lots. But um, I'm gonna kick it off with this quote uh, that Dan put up top, which I which I'm sure is to set off the tone of the episode because he also highlighted it. So uh, so for you to no <laughs> no nah, nah, I'm gonna put you on blast. You on blast. You on the blast zone now. <laughs> What's the most important quote for the whole show? For you to dig urban vinyl, you have to dig what it's about. Not everyone can relate to Lao because they may not live the lifestyle depicted, but now there are so many creations and themes that it's not hard to find an artist and toy that you would like. But remember, these are artworks and are usually made in limited runs, so expect a higher price tag than a figure you can pick up at a chain store. But you're buying a piece of art so you can feel good about it. And that's I that actually good job Dan that actually is a good co- quote because I do want to talk about that before we fully jump in because art is in a weird place right now where it's it's so easily manufactured in some facets that the value of it is lost to some people like it's so interesting to see uh especially on Tumblr a lot of people complaining about just how often people are like oh oh uh, 
you, that's how much you're charging for this commission. That's what, and it's like that is so disrespectful to me. Like right, you know, right. to yeah. to something any like as someone who has started uh, who wanted to do art before their Nigerian father was like get into computer science, and then I made him <laughs> even more mad by becoming a comedian. Like the work that goes into just a simple line work. So then to see it jump off the page and to be on a actual like for the sculpture or a toy like that takes right. a lot of effort just even full disclosure project that was backed i bought the doom and just seeing the work that kwong put in it looks so good and you can tell the difference when you get like a mass printed toy and then like i can pick up like i just pick up and look at it because the paint job is so good and you just don't you're not going to get that from anywhere else but like someone who puts the time into hand paint stuff yeah, and I think uh, even how sub uh, how subjective art is in general, you can pick up one of Kwong's painted toys and see the hours that went into getting that finish done on the metal and the different colors that he used for the palette. And you can also look at a toy that might score double, triple times that, and it has like three paint sloshes, you know, yeah. just just kind of as it would seem, just kind of messily put up. But that has its own intrinsic value in the creator that put it out and their style and how it is. So um, I think vinyl toys are just as subjective as any other uh, part of the art world. Oh yeah. And, and I think if we want to even go back to Funko and like simplify it, it, it kind of is that way where like one licensed property will fetch so much more money versus like something people do, don't care about and let's not even get into how available it is and <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. And then we're getting, yeah oh my sure, god sure. All <laughs> we, well, yeah we'll get into all of that but let's start with uh bobbleheads because you know there's a lot of you know question of did it start with uh bobbleheads you know bobbleheads are kind of the first kind of knickknack paddywhack that people were posting up because during the 17th century figurines of buddha and other religious figures called temple nodders were produced in asia and the earliest known Western reference to a bobblehead is thought to be uh, Nikolai Gogol's short story, The Overcoat, which was dropped in 1842. I like to talk about short stories like they're mixtapes. Uh, <laughs> in which the main character's neck was described like the neck of plaster cats do, uh, like the neck of plaster cats which wag their heads, which I think is one of the most, we all know what that's talking about, the, the thing. Yeah, yeah. Swinging back and forth. Yeah. By the way, doesn't that sound like kind of a low blow to Gogol's thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they saw it and they're like, oh, I'm going to describe this real rough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's one of Gogol's haters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, well, um, by 1960, the Major League Baseball had gotten in on the action and produced a series of paper mache bobblehead dolls, one for each team. And it's crazy because, like, till this day, yeah, like, bobblehead night. Yeah, 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 that's the night. Sports, yeah. Oh, yeah. I got a, um, what's his name? Uh, Lasorda, Tommy Lasorda Dodgers one. <laughs> and I don't have the heart to throw it away, even though it's like, I'm like, you don't fit in with any of my other toys. <laughs> it's, right. it's, it's like, it really genuinely, well, I have Death Jack and all my dbc stuff on a separate thing but right. then i'll have like overwatch something from destiny and tommy lasorda ready to go <laughs> see that's what i love like that stuff sticks around yeah but didn't didn't he just transfer himself into like being a spokesperson for food or something <laughs> down so. the road uh tommy lasorda's trattoria is a restaurant that he uh he has a dodger stadium restaurant so oh okay. i guess maybe very, that very, was it very specific to yeah. that one place yeah <laughs> Yeah, very weird. Uh, but <laughs> so he was a bobblehead. Yeah, yeah. 
But Funko was founded as a bobblehead company in 1998 by Mike Becker in Washington. And in 2005, Becker sold Funko to its current CEO, Brian Mariotti, who moved his offices to Linwood, Washington. I got so hyped for a second because I thought it was going to be <laughs> California. <laughs> and I was majorly wrong. They're not here. Yeah, and significantly expanded the company's licensed product lines. So, they, you know, so maybe, maybe that, that, that was like, oh, man. I'd like this bobblehead if its head wasn't moving all the time. But what we do know is that designer toys, also called art toys, are novelty toys and collectibles created by independent artists and designers, which they usually produce within limited editions. Artists use a variety of materials such as ABS plastic, vinyl, wood, metal, latex, and resin. Many designer toys are plush toys. Creators often have backgrounds in graphic design, ooh, illustration, or self described lowbrow art some artists have classical art design training while others are self-taught i think that describes both of you if i'm not uh correct a little bit yeah i mean not yeah. the lowbrow art i realize <laughs> the timing in which i said that no <laughs> we not... love lowbrow art yeah, no, i'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm cool with that yeah <laughs> uh, it's funny because um when a designer toy is obviously coming from an artist right an artist has a vision for something they created they want this 3d version of it in vinyl and um, so that's going to change per artist. Yeah. So there, there's artists that know the whole Adobe Creative Suite, and they're like putting stuff in Vector and really doing it up for their sculptor to make. And then sometimes there's a dude that has a doodle a, on a yeah, napkin, like a Sharpie <laughs> napkin thing, and he's like, "Make this a toy for me." People Please. that make toys, <laughs> right? And they do it. Oh wow! So it's pretty fun to see how things get translated because you could be that guy that's just nitpicking and like. It has to be no. The hand is not the wrong angle. That's me, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It took me forever. Well, that's to... what I, that was what I was going to jump off to. Is yeah, I remember yeah, yeah. when you were showing me every step that you took for Death Jaguar, which uh, will take a second to uh, describe. What is Death Jaguar for the people listening? So for for the toy that I'd put out, first of all, in in the history of um, of just people making toys, because another facet of uh, of these artist created designer toys is resin toys which are things that people can make at home because they could do a silicone sculpt, uh, make something, sculpt something out of clay or monster clay and then create a sculpt to, to pour resin into and then they can make their toys that way. Um, a lot of uh, collector toys are done that way, but the ones from the 60s and 70s were all rotocast and vinyl. And so um, that's kind of the thing that everyone collects that's vintage and old and everyone wants a vinyl toy. And when you don't have the means for it, you... Uh, often do uh, resin. So I really wanted to do vinyl. The startup cost for any toys always ballparked around 10K. And so at that point, there's so many people that before Kickstarter and, and um, crowdfunding sources, they would go in, they'd drop 10K they'd to wait. get a mold. Yeah, they'd, they'd wait whoever knows how long because Japanese production can take three, four plus years because you're waiting in this line of very limited factories that can make molds for you. And who knows if there's favoritism in that or um, if things just get mixed up and someone jumps the line or however it goes, you could have <laughs> 10 grand out and you're waiting four plus five years. We have a friend that's been waiting three, like three plus years. Yeah, like a solid three years. Just, wow. to, just to get his molds made, not even like a toy bag. <sighs> so I found a manufacturer that was pretty quick and did limited numbers and... I needed that ten grand. I went to Kickstarter. That's why I went there because I wanted vinyl instead of resin. Okay. And so once that was raised, so 
Um, my toy is actually based on a Godzilla character. So there's a Godzilla robot character called Jet Jaguar that was in Godzilla vs. Megalon. And uh, it's it's kind of an uncommon um, toy to come across. So I did a flip of it, like an evil version called Death Jaguar. And so that's what I ended up making through the help of friends and fans. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, guys, I dropped a million dollars on it. And that's that's how. <laughs> so you all can thank me. I could, I could definitely thank you <laughs> yeah, for no, helping that come, uh, come yeah, no, life. But yeah, no, just seeing the it all come together is just you showed me every step of the way and you had to design it. And then you kept, you would have like samples come and you'd send it back and you were like, it's almost finalized. I'm like, dang, this is taking so long. <laughs> right. And what's funny so is mine was six months. Six months. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. So, so that, so that's on the short side based on Guang's tone there. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. No, it, it's laughable. Cause with, the manufacturing how it is today, which is much faster, Chinese factories are, are able to do a lot more um, and better than they have in the past. So a lot of people are turning that direction. And, there, you know, there's a really great company called Unboxed that, that produces some of the top stuff right now. Even, even Japanese companies are starting to, like, look to unbox to create things for them. And, you know, and with the turnaround time so quick, it's insane. Right. It's, it's unbelievable to me, somebody who's, like, very familiar with things like, Oh, your toy's done. It only took a year and a half. Yeah, <laughs> because there always has been this rift in quality where people are like, they want their vinyl to be Japanese. It has to be Japanese made. Um, there's that quality, and it's still there. But Chinese manufacturing's really catching up to it, to where you can get a really good quality product. Ooh. Like when I when I held mine in my hand, I was like, this is. I don't want any different. Like this yeah. is great. Yeah. Oh, that's perfect. Uh, we'll get actually. I feel like we keep jumping to the future because it's so <laughs> yeah, yeah. interesting. You get in the history I feel like of this, this stuff, is like yeah. one of those, uh, like Damon Lindelof is directing this episode of the podcast because <laughs> we're jumping in the future and jumping back. Right. But we're going to start off at the origin, Michael Lau. But first, we got to hear a few messages from our sponsors. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a, a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. And we're back. Hope you like those messages. 
Who knew? Was it one by us or one from one of the other freaks over here at How Stuff Works? I don't know. It's randomized, too, so everyone has their own flavor. So hop in the Discord and talk about your favorite ads. Um, or not. <laughs> I have my favorites. Yeah, oh, okay, see? Catch me on social media to hear about those. Yeah, yeah. Get, make sure you catch Rogan. Uh But, yeah, let's uh, kick it off with Michael Lau, uh, who, you know, you, this was interesting because, you know, you and Dan were kind of talking about Michael Lau, and you are saying that there's, you know, it's – it's not just as straightforward as it may come off from the page of Michael Lau being like, it seems like the godfather of this. Right. And I think uh, Kwong had mentioned that um, that was kind of what was going on on the Chinese scene. But there's also the story of Bounty Hunter okay. and how they kick things off in Japan. Okay. Well, I'm going to jump on Michael Lau and then we'll cut into uh, Bounty Hunter. When you, like, let me, like. Yeah, let, let's hear what Mikey's about, you know? <laughs> let's get Mikey's thoughts on this, and then we'll jump into we'll jump in. yeah. old, old Boba Fett. So, a 34-year-old with a ponytail and wispy suggestion of a goatee. This is Another a hater. roast. So I know, who, yeah. who wrote this? This is a mad, early out-the-gate roast. <laughs> was this was this bounty hunter who wrote this? <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Uh, All right, well, describe it again. Yeah. <laughs> A 34-year-old with a ponytail and a wispy suggestion of a goatee. Like, that's how someone would describe my facial hair, and it hurts. Uh, Michael Lau looks like an artist, and he seems to think of himself as one, too. Goodness gracious! Where is this from? It's such a bird! This is the article you sent. Yeah, I know, it it is... <laughs> this was New York Times. New York Times, New yeah. York Times with that heat. Salty. Okay. Yeah. Woof. Lau is one of six children born to a chicken farmer in Hong Kong's new territories. The family later moved to a public housing project in the capital. They couldn't afford store-bought toys. I sculptured Yoda out of cheap soap and made furniture out of newspaper. And on September 29th of 1999, the Wan Chai neighborhood off Hong Kong, a line of people snaking the street from fourth floor showroom, awaited admission to an exhibition of 99 customized action figure by a young designer named Michael Laos. Ooh. Look, that, that's, that sounds like a supreme line right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that line, right? Yeah, oh my gosh. Lines are such a part of just... <laughs> collecting the, anything. Collecting yeah. culture. If there's no line, I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is. Oh, man. But uh, in the combustible world of Hong Kong trends, this was something seriously new. Transforming hard plastic 12-inch action figures into pop culture icons. But but let's 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 go over the fact that they were saying... He was sitting there making Yoda out of his soap, mm-hmm. right? And he was making furniture out of paper. And then yeah. they jumped to this kid with all his creativity doing that stuff. Then moved on to have this crazy art show with these 99 figurines. I wonder if yeah. that was a Jay-Z reference. <laughs> 99 figurines. <laughs> but soap ain't one. Right. Um, and he jumped to that, so you take it on from there. I was just doing a quick uh, Cliff's yeah, yeah. Notes recap. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then he started doing grown-up toys, uh, using bodies he scavenged from dolls like G.I. Joe's and molding different heads, hands, and feet out of hard plastic. Loud created skateboarders, surfers, and snowboarders decked out in baggy shorts, clam- camouflage jackets, tent-light sweatshirts, and of-the-moment sneakers. Adorned with this sounds like New York to of-the-moment sneakers that you... Uh, look... All right, I'm going to say it. 
a brother didn't write this. <laughs> Adorned with chains, earrings, and tattoos, their hair and dreadlocks are pressed beneath bright colored caps. Street culture and hip-hop culture and skateboard style were coming up, Lau explained when he met with him not long ago in Hong Kong. The culture included fashion music graffiti. It seemed really fresh. It's like a uniform. People in Hong Kong and Tokyo and Britain and the States all look the same. I feel like that's like a take that people still try and use now about streetwear. Where it's like, y'all out here spending so much money just to look alike. And it's like, no, we not. <laughs> look closer. Look. <laughs> these are blue. Yeah, these are blue. I got a different colorway. Right. Um, but yeah, it seemed like, you know, he just kind of like, it, it, it started off as like these cool toys and kind of grew into being part of the culture. And, you know, the culture, when at least I'm referencing it all the time, is like streetwear and fashion and designer toys. Uh, and so this is going on like, it seems like, you know, in the late 90s, since 99 is when that toy show kind of happened. But Lao's 99 Gardeners inspired other Hong Kong comic book illustrators, graphic designers, and ad agency artists to start making their own figures. While a few Japanese cult boutiques had previously issued some limited edition collectible toys, the Hong Kong designers engendered a craze. Over the next five years, riding on the wings of the internet, such toys, quote-unquote, which is like definitely how I have to describe them to my wife, they're not toys, <laughs> they're art. As their enthusiasts call them, <laughs> spread from uh, Hong Kong, first to Japan, then the West. So, you know, we had Lao, and we were talking about that big show in 1999, right. uh, which was from the New York Times article, kind of, uh, kind of their kind of retelling of, you know, designer toy culture. But actually, if you go back a little three years earlier, uh, in 1996, it said that collectible vinyl toys were popularized by Bounty Hunter, a cult boutique based in Tokyo that combined the production of limited edition urban clothing with a fetish for 70s pop music. And then that year, Bounty Hunter began selling limited edition numbers of vinyl toys that bore a dis discernible resemblance to such cultural landmarks as Frankenberry or a sailor on a Captain Crunch box. Which that's that's sounding a lot more like the yeah. designer toys I know. Like that sounds also that's really mirroring Funko's beginnings, right? Yeah, right. that's true. And that's kind of like, you know, when you're talking about hip hop and 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 clothing and sneakers, that's really how I got introduced to designer toys is is like streetwear for me and designer toys kind of went hand in hand. Yeah, like I remember I have a great friend named Takafumi who, you know. It was kind of a crazy story where he's this Japanese kid in like junior high and high school living alone in this giant, giant house by himself. Yeah. And he would fly back and forth and, his, you know, his parents trusted him and he would just buy stuff in Japan and just bring it back for us. <sighs> and, you know, here we are in like the late 90s and he had like like bape gear. And yeah. he and he basically would hook me up with like bape T-shirts because I liked the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. I had no idea what bape was at yeah. the time. And then he had toys from Bounty Hunter and things like that. And that was, like, my introduction to these, to designer toys. And I, I really loved them. I mean, they look like, like a Captain Crunch character or whatever. And there's all soft vinyl. And it was really interesting because during this time, a lot of companies, like art toys, were, like, appearing. And, and I didn't really correlate Bounty Hunter being, like, the first. But I, I knew it was, like, the earliest thing that I ever had. But then artists like Pusshead, he, you know, famously 
he did a lot of artwork for like Metallica and things like that. He he was having toys pop up. Um, he had this thing called the Posey Traction Car, which was like a car that you would push, and there was a little motor inside that would cause it to move forward. And it was just it was amazing because you I had never seen anything like that before. Like low run, like it was definitely not made for kids. Yeah. Um, and then around this time, I think Medicom w- had popped up. Um. And they were producing like really great toys, so, so more similar to the Michael Lau style, where it was like the the twelve inch figures. Yeah. Um. And I remember like, and I don't know if it was a Medicom toy, but like, they had produced fig- somebody had produced figures of the Beastie Boys, and that was like unreal. Like it looked exactly like them. They had full outfits. Um. There's like a Daft Punk from the Discovery album, I believe, figures that had come out, and and these things were unreal because they yeah. were so detailed. Um, and it was, it wore the clothes, you know, the jackets were perfect from music videos and things like that. And that sort of helped set off this explosion within the culture where you're like, as an adult, you, you really appreciated the craftsmanship and it wasn't, it wasn't for kids. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how, uh, very similar to me, how I kind of, my first taste of designer toys because kid robot had a run of gorillas figures right and they were dropping them and i'm a huge gorillas fan and i was like oh this is nice and then just kind of falling down the rabbit hole you saw stuff like you know dunny and stuff like that and really uh i got what was it uh it was like an event that was at it was like a designer content, and they gave me a gift bag. No, it was the one I went for you. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was the Monkey King yeah, uh, art show. Yeah, the Monkey King yeah, art yeah. show. And that's when I re- it really snapped for me. Uh, so uh, Rocom does a Monkey King. I think you've done it every year yeah, since. Yeah, it's the, it used to be a battle. It started yeah. as an art battle where where you're doing these four-foot by four-foot canvases against other streetwear. Not streetwear, but... A designer toy artist kind of kind of going verses on that yeah let me give the give the outsider kind of rundown how it is for <laughs> yeah. me because this event it's there's nothing like it and to me it's my favorite thing i think i made it uh this year in the last year i wasn't down for comic-con and i missed it and i just regret it so gosh it's like the coolest thing you there's no real way to describe it unless you're there because it's like so perfect being at Comic-Con because it is like truly celebrating art in a way that I don't think art's being celebrated down there. You know, Like not to say that it's not, but to right. but like later, light, literally, yeah, yeah, literally painting and, and honestly, like, you know, I always wait um, every year for San Diego to do that event and see something like that. But honestly, there's a, there's an event called secret walls that's been mm-hmm. going on forever that does these versus battles. Okay. And our friend Greg judges them often. I think, yeah, he, right? he MCs them. Yeah. And, and, um, they, and so they happen in LA sometimes. So if you guys are interested in that type of that part of the culture, it's, it's usually graph artists, um, or anyone in, in kind of more the lowbrow art scene. Yeah. And they just go head to head on these giant walls and it's yeah. really fun. Yeah. So, so this is, let me set the scene for you. It's in what's the name of that bar that it's always it's basic, in? bar basic yeah. bar basic really it's always pizza, there yeah. Rick, dope pizza and it's like imagine you walk into a bar and you think a rap battle's going on but you look and it's just dudes painting on the wall because everyone's surrounding the walls because it's happening live in front and it's cool because. Y'all know what y'all are doing, but everyone else is just trying to figure <laughs> out what y'all are drawing. Right. And and there's like like Rocom said, I almost called you by your government. Uh, like <laughs> Rocom said, you know, good pizza flowing, 
drink specials. It's it's a party. It's an art party, and it's way packed. So prepare for that. But it's so fun. I highly recommend if you're down. If you're down there, it's usually like the. It's the always a Thursday night. Thursday yeah, night yeah, yeah. for Comic Con. Yeah. Thursday night. Make sure you're there. It's been there every year. I don't see it stopping anytime soon because it's not gotten smaller. If anything, it's gotten bigger. <laughs> and you did this baller piece this year where it was... Uh, it was the Cobra Kai. Co- yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So this year was nuts because we used um, black light reactive paint, which I've never painted with. But that's pretty much, you know, it's just these hot highlight colors. And so I never painted with that. So I just went about it how I usually do. But... um. Yeah, I did a full Johnny like in skeleton yeah. costume from uh, so Karate clean. Kid. Yeah, yeah. And so what's dope is Golden Apple Comics, which is right down here, right? Yeah. Uh, they had posted a picture of me painting that uh, on Twitter. So I just kind of I retweeted that and hit up uh, William Zobka, which is Johnny on the yeah. show, and he retweeted it and he's like, "Yo, I need one for the dojo." Yeah. And I was just like, it was the best compliment you oh can get. Oh my gosh! You know? Yeah. Um, but he hasn't hit me up to <laughs> get that address. So the dojo still yeah. has yeah, a missing art. <laughs> missing art. You know, season two, blank, I'm going to be like, wall. yeah. Yo, if we can get that on season two, let's do it. Let's hashtag uh, Rocom in season two. <laughs> <laughs> so back to the uh, back to Bounty Hunter. On the day of a toy's release at Bounty Hunters, people would line up for blocks outside the store. Like we said, in the collector culture, waiting is nothing. I think two people don't mind uh, waiting. Collectors and people who eat food. <laughs> like, I don't know if y'all have been to Milk Bar down the street, but your boy waited 20 I, minutes. I went to the New York one. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Crack, crack pie, right? Ooh, buddy. Ooh, buddy. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's that's that heat. You had it yet, Kwong? Oh yeah. Okay. I felt like oh, you yeah. did. <laughs> uh, can but, I tell my milk bar story? By of the course, way? you can tell your. Milk I know bar this story. is a, it's a designer uh, toy milk yeah, bar. But, by but the way, people are like, "Let's yeah. hear this milk bar story." All right. So I've heard great things. I'm in New York for New York Comic Con. So my friend Jess, she's a food critic out there. I'm in line with her. I'm like, I want this dessert. Like, been waiting all night. I'm in line and we get there and I'm thinking like, you know, we're on the West Coast. So if you want dessert, you order, you hang out, you're just like chilling inside or you find a place on the patio. This dude just like hands me a bag and I got to go. Like, <laughs> I was like, oh, we can't eat in here. They're like, no, you can't. He was mad. I didn't know what was up. Wow. And it, was, it was that usual like soup Nazi yeah, type yeah. thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> where, you know where it's like, a soup Nazi situation. No yeah. soup for you. Classic. Yeah. So but I got my crack pie. It's good. Yeah, well, oh, what yeah. was weird? Ate it like a loser on the curb. <laughs> like, what was weirder that night was that couple that broke up right where we were sitting or, or eating food. Oh, uh, that was the most New York thing. My friend told me that too. You can't walk around New York without walking by people breaking up. Oh my god, <laughs> yeah, like, happens everywhere. There was but, like right. There was like eight of us at a four person table, and, and we the, need we needed more people, like more room. Yeah, yeah. and. This couple was breaking up. The, gr- they were, the girl was full on crying. We didn't know, though. Yeah, we, we, we were just <laughs> sitting there eating. We're talking about <laughs> farting and what Comic-Con and whatever else. And, and two this- of our friends walked up and they needed room. So I just lean in. I'm like, hey, can you guys move down a little? <laughs> Without knowing that they're breaking up. Right. And then. And the quote, the, qu- the quote was the girl teary eyed was just like. No, no, no. I got to say it like this. So. Yeah. Our friend was sitting at the table before we joined the table, so she heard most of the breakup. Yeah. So she, after they like they eventually leave, right? So she's like, "Yo, I heard most of it." And during a point of their breakup, she asks him, 
do you think I'm funny? No. Like a funny person. And he, he answers, it's not the first word I'd use to describe you. No. <laughs> no. Who is this man? Who is dude, this horrible man? And dude, they had a dog with them. We're like, who keeps the dog? No. We were just like, but we just kept diving into their story like, what if she's a stand-up? Oh, 100%. And like, comedy's like her life. Oh. And he had to sit in front of every show. <laughs> and she's like, you think I'm funny? Not the first word I'd use. This. Yeah. What is the first word? That's so mean. I know. I know that that is like she's so, very pretty oh by man. the way. Yeah. That, that oh, look, that must be. That's when you're just going for for the jugular because <laughs> yeah. that that's like yeah, he was done. That he that was, was done. like it was punched up right. to be that mean. <laughs> really trying to end this and go get in line for some toys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's brought it right back in. Yeah, look, brother. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> So, so like we're you, y'all pointed out that there was a difference between the brands that Bounty Hunter was doing and Lau was doing. Um, I think it's all it's all designer art for sure. It's yeah, but, but like you're saying, they're both Lau's originators, were tallers, right? <clears throat> oh, those were yeah. If you've heard of like three uh, A, well, well, the the big difference between what they're doing is Lau is working on like twelve inch body, like articulated figures. Yeah, and what. Bounty Hunter was doing was like soft vinyl figures closer to, you know, um, like like Godzilla toys and yeah. things like that, um, like monster toys that kind of vibed with things that had come out, you know, in the 50s or 60s, 70s kind of thing. And so, you know, they're they're very different. Yeah. You know, but they all kind of fall under the, the, the helm of like art toy yeah. or designer toy. And then and then with that, there's like subsects of like designer vinyl um, you can get into um, like Safubi. That's something that I'm I'm more um, in line with with what I do is is like soft vinyl toys that are airbrushed and you know painted and and various things like that custom work. Where like you can get into the other style of toys. Um, I'm a big fan of what Ashley Wood does with with his company 3A. He's an he's a tremendous artist, like a painter. He does a lot of comics and things, and he has his brand where he does like highly detailed. Like they look like miniaturized versions of real people, right? You know, with with some of the the work that he does, and then when you get into his art stuff, it's like his paintings are are jumping off, uh, like like the the characters are walking off the paintings. Um, it's it's like so good and and how detailed they are, but they're done in very low quantities. The clothes are probably better constructed than my actual clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I th- I think those are the toys where you could have anyone off the street looking at them and being like, oh, this is art. Yeah. Like you don't play with this, you know, yeah. whereas I feel like in Safubi culture and soft vinyl toys, you can just mistake them as like, oh, that's a toy from the 70s. Yeah. You know. Um, well, yeah, because the reason I was asking is because I guess Lau uh, in, eventually had small vinyl versions of his 12 inch gardeners. And he was wondering, like, he was kind of worried about if that would change it. If, if that'll like, move. Yeah, yeah if right. they'll move. And, of course, it did. Yeah. Uh, Easily. Smash, smash, sell. <laughs> right. I need uh, less room to collect more of this. I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we've been talking about other brands, more known uh, nor- more known brands, too. I feel like the more mainstream audience, like Kid Robot. Uh, and we're going to kind of dip into them a little bit, then talk about a little bit of... Uh, the competition then talk about a little bit of the competition and then kind of step and really have an open conversation about y'all role in the world and kind of things you've learned and 
and and stuff like that because that's pretty much the history and then after that it kind of runs wild uh and not in the sense of like it's crazy no, but in but the it sense exists of, yeah, in so many forms exactly and, yeah. well a lot of people had seen the popularity with this stuff like the lines like the mayhem that was brought on and then you know companies like like tokidoki and kid robot were kind of popping up um and i wouldn't say like mass producing but in more quantities than what had been done prior yeah you know, and then they were, they were creating stores. And, and that was the big thing is that a, a lot of the stuff was going on in Asia and being imported over here as part of the culture. You know, scarcity, sneakers, everything. It, like, people were going crazy for it all. Um, You know, this is where you, you know, the introduction of Cause. Yes. Um, and his art and his art toys and things like that. I'm a, I'm a big I'm a big cause fanboy. And it's funny for me because Kwong's like I know him. <laughs> like that's no, that's no, my boy. No, I, I mean I don't I don't know him personally. I've yeah. just been a huge fan of his art for I mean Yeah, well you showed me that piece you got in your house. That's insane. Yeah, you know. Or, or early <laughs> Like one of one of my 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 better pickups. Yeah, cause let's uh, say cause. Kwong is doing a thing that I like to say in a streetwear culture is that old these old things, which is when you have an insane piece and you're like, oh yeah, that, <laughs> I guess old, thing. that old. I got that. But we're gonna go into all that uh, and just all, a lot about y'all. But first, we're gonna take another break. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Act Activating Melon Serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty System for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Welcome back, y'all. Sitting here with my two fams. I keep wanting to say your government. No, I'm going to say Rokam. I'm going to keep it a mystery. No one knows your name. You did drop a earlier. 
Really? Yeah, and it's okay. <laughs> we, we can just bleep, bleep it out. Bleep, bleep it one. out. Bleep it out. As a matter of fact, bleep it out oh, and keep this in. Yeah, bleep it out and keep <laughs> this in. Uh, I did drop it earlier, but y'all won't know what it is. And Kwong, which I I I pulled up your website. Uh, I don't know uh, why at the beginning, but I, there's this super dope pic you took of Gucci Mane, and I was like, damn, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> it's in his book. Yeah. It's, it's in the Gucci Mane book. Oh, yeah. This is, yeah, this is Kwong. Yeah. It's a lot of burgers. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. We actually have two different versions of that. Really? Yeah. The the photo shoot actually had to be extended even longer because I wasn't really happy with, with the look of the burgers. This was my diva <laughs> moment on a photo shoot where the guy, the set designer, I was like, I need like at least 50 cheeseburgers, whatever. He goes out, gets these burgers, but the... The buns are flat. They don't have sesame seeds on them. And I, I freak. I was like, dude, these don't look like like burgers. You know? These look like McDonald's cheeseburgers, yeah. which kind of yeah, I know. like a stack of dough. Yeah, it didn't look right. So I made I made them go out and get like buns with yeah. sesame seeds and I had to have them doctored to like look like they're burgers. Yeah. Um and people were just like, Seriously? Dude, like, I wish you I... like took those burgers off the plate, like bit it and spit it. <laughs> What is this? You call this a burger? Yeah, I mean, it was already a, a pretty hectic shoot. Just having somebody of his profile right. in this, yeah. in this job. it was a huge mansion, um, and and I didn't want to freak in front of him. I didn't want to like have the energy of the set change, so I had to like pull people aside. I was like, hey guys, you got I, the burgers you, you wrong. Guys. You gotta get that burger right. right. Yeah. <laughs> it's gotta but have but it was it was kind of one of those weird power trip moments where yeah. I was just like, you hired me for this job, like, yeah. and I'm just gonna give you my two cents, and I just like these burgers aren't quite right yeah i mean looking at the burgers like i definitely see that yeah it would looked way different if it was like that mcdonald's burger no i yeah i i think you went the right way with that guys just go it's photos a la com. q u a n g if you want to see the photo, well, I'll put it in the footnotes. So I, I can... bet if you Google search Gucci Mane, it's one of the top yeah. photos they yeah, show. That's too. probably a hundred percent. I was at Complex Con, and there's this gal who painted like a, a giant, like ten foot wide, like oil painting of it. Oh wow! Yeah, it's it's really incredible. Um, and it was one of those moments where I was just like, you know, everybody's like, "That's your photo." I was like, "No, that's her painting." Like, <laughs> like I'm not taking away any yeah. of that because like. Something that was just a couple clicks. You know, it, it took a while to build the set, but, yeah. like, is no oil painting. Yeah. <laughs> and she knew who you were, right? Yeah, no, she, I, it was it was a really cool moment. Like, she, I walked into her booth to look at it, and then she, like, looked at me. She's like, oh, my God, it's you. And I was just like, uh. <laughs> uh <laughs> the burger man, it's Yeah, you. yeah. And, and it was really funny because she thought I was going to be bombed or whatever. And yeah. it's like, I've never, like, she put in so much hard work and, like, you know, she knew what it looked like, which yeah. is kind of funny because, you know, photographer, who knows yeah. what it looked like. Yeah. It's but, all celebrating it. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. one of my biggest fears of me doing my Death Jaguar toy, because it's really made as this companion piece to the M1 Go Jet Jaguar toy, which yeah. is like a really celebrated uh, Sufubi toy company from Japan. And so Kwong's become friends with the creators of that brand. And I remember I gifted him uh, my toy. And so giving it to the the guy that had the inspiration toy, I was worried. I was like, this guy's going to get mad. He's yeah. like, you took my stuff. And uh, he was just so thankful. He actually gifted me um, a Jet Jaguar piece I was missing from my collection. Oh, wow. He gave me this glow-in-the-dark one that I'd never had. And so yeah. it was really a beautiful moment. And this, it's actually a good moment to talk about M1 because they're a vinyl toy company. Um, they 
in a way they kind of fit that designer vinyl thing and they, they're part of the inspiration like a lot of people definitely like buy their stuff and um vibe with it because what it is is they're done to look like toys that would fit in line with the original toys from like the 70s yeah but they're modern takes on it of characters and and things that you wouldn't have originally received back in mm-hmm, back in back the then. 70s because you know you're you're taking you know as you you know you lay out a toy line you pick the most popular characters and then you make toys of them and what Yuji and Michi would do is they would take the C-list characters like Obviously, over the years, growing up watching a film and being like, they never made one of, you know, the, the, the twins of Mo- from Mothra. And they would make those toys that would fit as a companion to f- piece to fit fill the hole that you had as a collector. Um, and Yuji's like, when you use the term super collector or somebody who's like, it, he embodies that. Like, act, you know, anybody that pretty much collects anything, aside, for, aside from maybe Forrest Ackerman is like you're like a, a, a duplicate of this guy because yeah. this is a guy who will go and he will collect every version of everything down to movie props, you know, um, like signatures from actors. It, it's like molds from movies. Like if yeah. you're like, oh, here's a mold from a gremlin arm. He's like, oh, I have that, you know. <laughs> oh, man. Um, and, and it's pretty incredible that he has taken that sort of fandom and then he has like this toy company. Um and there's a, there's actually a really great story that he uses because he was the first guy, from what I understand, to create a one to one replica of the of the Terminator. Oh wow! And um, I believe it was Stan Winston that 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 uh, created. It. Maybe you guys can fact check yeah, that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, the T eight hundred. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so does that movie never have a full scale prop, or you just replicated it? No, first? well he he created the model kit that you could buy. Of that, of the um. of the endoskeleton head, and he had put some little things in it. Because when you when you actually when he when he actually visited and looked at it in the workshop, you know it it's made as an on screen prop, which is much different as than something that you can walk up to and look at and touch and paint on. And so he he took some liberties with the blessing of 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 the creators of like how to how to make the details a little bit more sharp and finer. And so he put little things in there so that he'd know if somebody ripped off his sculpt. Yeah. So he'll look at modern sculpts and he'll be like, oh, somebody just casted the head. Right. Yeah. They molded my thing. Yeah. Oh, man. So you were right. It is Stan Winston. And he, uh, yeah, he did the T, T2's T800 endoskeleton. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and Yuji's credited, I think, is the, the guy, you know, he, he created this kit, the one to one replica. Yeah. And, it it was just really funny that he has this like oh yeah like I put I put little things in there and he's like I still see it I'll go to toy shows he'll go to conventions and I'll look at it like people are like I sculpted this and they're like no I put that I, like <laughs> that's intentional you cast my thing yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah there might as well have been the sign- his signature on the bottom of it so you mentioned Yuji a few times so who is Yuji for those who may not know he's the um owner of a company called M One Go um it's a it's a vinyl toy company and and they they primarily do licensed toys of Subaraya um, productions and a Toho, so Godzilla, Ultraman, those kind of characters. And like I said, they um, is Power Ranger Subaraya? Is that something? No, no, that's 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 something different. But and I've always loved that company. Um, and it's it's one of the the top things I actually collect. 
um, because he focuses a lot on the weirder characters, the things that you yeah. just that, that were never really made back in the seventies, and and obviously he makes like new versions of some of the older seventies toys, but it was always like the fact that he would make figures that just fell in line with the original toys from Bullmark, um, and they they Bullmark is one of the original um vinyl toy companies from Japan and Popey, uh, that did that did like Godzilla toys and things yeah. like that. Yeah, so yeah, I just saw Yuji Nishimura, right? Yeah, and uh, we're of course since you brought it up, we're gonna stop and talk about Kwong's toy collection because you know everyone has a collection in mind when you think of someone's toy collection. But let me tell you my experience of witnessing the glory that is Kwong's toy collection. I was at well, who's was it? Was, was it a Christ- birthday? A Christmas, oh, Christmas party? party. No, it was the Christmas party. It was which the yesterday's Christmas y'all party. Y'all yeah. have the best Christmas party, <laughs> and I. I'm waiting for my invite for this oh, year. Oh yeah, it's coming. Uh, oh man, it's and that secret Santa I got sniped. Uh, <laughs> oh boy, don't think I'm not still mad about that. What oh, did you have in your hands? Oh, it was the um, it was so good. It was the Mickey Mouse uh toaster, <laughs> <laughs> where and, where it scores Mickey Mouse. Yeah, and I was like, oh, this is dope. It's gonna be for Naomi. Right. She's good. Right. And someone and we, so just to, uh, so people understand what we're talking, we're doing Secret Santa in the sense where everyone brings a gift. It's in the pile. It's like a white elephant. White elephant, yeah. yeah. But it's good gifts. But yeah, yeah, it gets pretty, pretty vicious. Yeah. So everyone can swap two times. So you and if you and and everyone can only get stolen from two times. So if after you get stolen from the second time, you're safe. So I was stolen from once. It was like the last round too, and I was like, I think I'm good. I had this Mickey Mouse toaster. And then, nope, I someone stole and gave me this creepy doll that's a light. And, you know, it's a cool doll, but also very creepy. And it, <laughs> it comes with a ghost, too, yeah. so yeah. Yeah. No, no fun. Actually, no, someone stole the ghost from me because yeah. that was – because I, I think that was my first thing, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want and this. And someone was like, oh, no, this is my bag. Um, yeah, I think but, it's creepy, the doll light. Yeah. But so we go um, and uh, – I think it was Kwan who was like, you want to see my toy collection? And we were like, yeah. That's we... kind of creepy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. That... <laughs> but I was I was game after the ghost doll. I'm like, let's go. Let's see this. Uh, and we go to like your basement and l- you turn on a light and it was the most toys I've seen in one place. And this is someone who's been to Meltdown, uh, rest in peace. Uh, and so, like it was just so many and i was like oh this is what i need in life i wish i can have this many dope toys you know i was really lucky that my mom just really didn't throw anything away (laughs) um and and in all honesty i've gone through like a lot of different times of collecting i've i I i've been collecting like designer vinyl toys for a very long time and i actually weirdly went through a phase of where i got so over it when you know um eBay sort of took hold mm-hmm. of of it and like the prices just went out of control. Uh, you know, and and so I, I actually stepped away from the hobby for a long time and then I took a trip to Japan and then there's a store kit called a uh, Mandrake out there, which is, you know, there there's like it's a chain, there's a few. Yeah, there's there. a chain. Yeah, there's a chain of them. There's a you know, but the one that I was first introduced to is basically like an eight-story mall. <laughs> Where each floor is like a different like era of toy, wow. Um, and and the, sh- the shelves are just packed, and you can only fit like one person through at a time, through the aisles. And the prices at the time um were very um good, and I I basically was just like I'm back in. 
Yeah. You're like, this is what, yeah, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. <laughs> yeah. 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 And well, you know, I, I never asked this because you just kind of started doing it, but I mean, you're an artist, so you've always been around the, the toy culture, but when was the moment you were like, I'm jumping in this, uh, I'm gonna make a toy. Rocom needs a toy out. It's, it's honestly, um, being friends with Kwong yeah. and, uh, you know, we, we've, we've skipped this, but Kwong and I, um, we started this thing with our friend DJ. Uh, oh yeah, this, that's, yeah. Let's talk about in, that. In we an did enamel pin that. company called Yesterdays, and mm-hmm. so you know, started four years ago, and uh, slowly we became the official pin makers for the band The Misfits, for the Walking Dead comics, for Saga, a bunch of bunch of comic books, and so it takes us to all these comic book conventions. Um, but aside from us hanging out all the time for through through that company, um, Kwong and our friend Justin Justin Ishmael. Um, he, he makes really great licensed toys. Um, he's worked with famous monsters magazine. He's working on a Billy Bob toy right now, which is from showbiz pizza. Oh wow. It's like Rock that fire explosion. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and I, also the deadly yeah. spawn. Yeah. And so, and so they're always painting and working on toys and I'm sitting here, a dude, that's supposed to be the artist and I don't have my toy. And so I'm like, where's my toy? Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh. Uh, Jet Jaguar had been a huge thing in my collection, so I wanted to kind of create that thing where um, here's here's my addition to that, you know, because um, I think even if you look at Funmaker Mike from Funko, he was looking for a Billy Bob bobblehead. Uh, 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 not Billy Bob, uh, Bob's Big Boy bobblehead. And um, he was on eBay looking at it, and it was just so expensive. He's like, for these prices, I'm going to make one. <laughs> and so he went to, to Bob's Big Boy, and he he got his first bobblehead done, and so... For me, looking for Jet Jaguar toys all the time, I'm like, I'm going to make my evil version. Yeah. And, like, I can have all of them. (laughs) (laughs) That's so dope. There's so many dope variants, too, because there's the Doom one that we talked about that only I got. Sorry. Um, (laughs) Do people keep asking Kwong, too? They're like, yo, like, can you do another one? I was like, we can't do If You're Wrong like that. (laughs) He's got the one-off. Look, look, you know I would never be mad at y'all, but don't do that. (laughs) Yeah, and... Um, so we're, we are running low on time, but I just want to, I guess we'll TR, uh, TLDR kind of just some of the basics, uh, some of the quick questions we have, because there are some things that, you know, knowing y'all and talking to y'all about toy, uh, you know, culture that there's like all these like different things without like quote unquote spilling tea or anything, but just like, you know, honor things that I thought was kind of cool. Like, so, uh, I'm gonna let you guide that one, so I don't like you know say too much. <laughs> so you just mean it in collecting and uh, for collecting, custom, everything customs, we do, yeah, yeah, basically. Right on. Um, uh, as a, as a maker, I think uh, there's there's always that thing between you know when I was getting my toy made, the number one question was like, where's it being made? Yeah, is it Japanese? Is it Chinese? You know, like because some collectors are very particular in that stuff and that. They kind of hate on different things. And what's funny is they don't understand that collectors in Japan don't care. If your toy is dope, it's dope, and then we're in their collection. And so there's little things like that are interesting, but it's slowly washing away. It's definitely an old-school mentality. Well, that's so funny because I feel like that happens to a lot of, like, westernized fandoms because I feel like it's the same way with... uh, With the anime question, right? Yeah, exactly. It's it's actually something that's being addressed with a lot of people, that it is a a Western thing. Yeah. That that they definitely see, like, hey, like in Japan, they're like, oh, I don't care. Yeah. It's cool. You know? I think that the... The word Safubi was for a long time exclusively used as like high end Japanese kind of thing. And then 
the people in Japan are like, no, it's all called Safubi. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all soft vinyl. It's legitimately just soft vinyl. Oh, wow. Just so. like anime is literally animation. Yeah. <laughs> and people are like, no, it has to be in Japan and it has to look <laughs> right, like right. full metal aquamus. Uh, yeah, that's so crazy. Uh, so I, I, how is it? Um, so we talked about kind of like the as creation a maker, of a yeah, toy. As, as a painter. Yeah, as I a think. painter, how is, how is it for you, Kwong, when you like what? Obviously, I think the the answer to this is going to be like things that look cool to me. But like, how do you decide? Like, oh, that's a toy that I want to paint. And how do you kind of come up with the design? It comes with textures, and a lot of it you get really high. And I I, <laughs> I, I, I mean that because of the there's like a lot of chemicals involved. Yeah, and so you got to be really careful. Um, yeah, there's toxic paint. Yeah, that you have to wear gloves. There's like a, you know, have to wear a respirator. You know, it's it's not. I wouldn't call it dangerous, but mm-hmm. there is a lot of chemicals involved, and that's something that, like, as a toy painter, you have to know because there is a responsibility to your customers. And the paint that I use specifically, it's designed for toys, final toys. It chemically bonds, um, and that's why when you you know you'll take your your Marvel Legends action figure and you'll paint on it with acrylics, and it'll just rub off. Yeah. Well, part of the that chemical mixture is making sure there's the right amount of thinner and everything that goes along with it so that it, it's just adhering correctly to the figure. Um, and and if you don't, you know, you can spray, you know, I've had guys that will paint figures with acrylics and they're like, oh, I clear coat them all, but your figures end up like sticky, hmm. you know, and like things like that, um, that, you know, for anybody that buys one of my toys, I like... You know, and and Rocom has definitely seen me like like really like toil over this kind of thing where I'm like, oh man, it's not right. Like, I I need another day to make this perfect because somebody's gonna go home with this, and this is my reputation. Um, right. It, you can't have them paying like three hundred dollars take this thing home, yeah, and, and then the paint's flaking off of it. You know. Right. And so that's something I, I take very seriously. And so when it comes to like color combinations and. And various things when it comes to the toys, I'll, I'll I'll just look at something and see how it's textured, what it vibes with. There's a lot of like painting something that looks like something else, like your Death Jaguar painted to look like Doom because I looked at it and it you know it has like this vibe of like the Iron Mask, you know, um, you know, with the robot face and everything else. And and Doom is a character that I like. I'm a, I'm a I'm a big Jack Kirby fan. Um, and that's a, that's another thing people like nerd out when they come over is I have like a Jack Kirby original. Oh, yeah. Um. And so, you know, I always try to pay homage to those guys, you know, to things that I love. And and I think when people look at some of my custom work, they they kind of get like if they would like me as a person, you know, like I like I try to put a little bit of that in my work to where they might be able to get my personality a little bit more. Or they're like, oh, yeah, he, he obviously really likes like John Carpenter movies or th- things like that. Like, you know, certain references. Yeah. That's so awesome. Uh, well, as a good wrap-up question, you know, and a good question to give back to the nerd fam listening, one thing that I think you'll notice a lot of if you are inspired by this podcast and you'll start jumping into the game and uh, buying vinyl toys is there's a lot of blanks. Like we were talking about the monies and the other blank figures. So what are some tips, Kwong, that you have for would-be artists out there who are like, I'm going to try my hand in painting this uh, blank? After I start with don't, <laughs> um, you know, I think it's, it's it, a lot of it's doing your research mm-hmm. and taking it easy. I, so this is, this is a weird thing that's from me because I actually, in a strange way, I don't paint toys that people 
like people give me toys to paint and I obviously like, well, I, I buy them off of them or whatever, but with the awareness that like I will paint them because, well, I guess because I, I paint toys to sell them where I guess if you're painting them to keep yourself, like that's cool. But if you're buying them to sell them again, I just feel kind of dirty, you know, of yeah. like, like purchasing something from somebody and then I'm basically just painting all over it, you know, and, and then trying to flip it for more money. That's like, yeah. I, I personally look at that as a little disrespectful to the artist, you know, where a lot of the artists I work with, I know personally, we, we, we talk a lot. I, I discuss with them what I like. Cause like, you know, a lot of the, the paint jobs I like are like from classic Japanese characters as well. Um, and I, you know, I'll let them know, and, and a lot of times we'll be like, "Oh, that's great! I love it! I love the idea! I like the way you do things!" And then, you know, we hit it off, and, and I go and I and I do it all. Um, where if you're doing it to keep it, then obviously you're allowed to do whatever you want. But I would really study the medium a lot more th- because there's a lot of trial and error. You know, I probably went through like five different airbrushes because I just kept busting them, and then, um, and then eventually it was like, "Oh, okay, like I just need to sit and study." You know, I really need like. You know, I'm not the guy that's like a savant that just like picks it up and just like does it. It's like there's a lot there's a lot of chemistry involved, to be honest with you. Um, and you have to kind of be ready for that. You know, you, you go into my garage and it smells like kind of like a toxic waste dump. <laughs> and, and also, I mean, we're talking about this this crazy high level end of Safubi collecting and, and blanks and painted runs in that realm, which you'll see at DesignerCon this weekend if you go to that show. Um, but I think the idea of the blank coming from Kid Robot with the money and once I saw Rose Art and different like kids craft companies coming with these little blank plastic yeah. toys you could paint on. So it depends on what you're coming at. Like if it's something you're picking up at Target, there's not much to go with. And that may even be a good way to practice. Our friends actually grab old vinyl dinosaur toys they might find mm-hmm. and practice painting on those. And that's kind of a good place to start. But it's really just finding the different avenues of where that blank lives and treating the rules differently per, per place. Because... If you find, you know, those, I think they were doing vinyl Stormtrooper helmets for a while when they brought stuff into Target when the new movies had dropped. And, I mean, you could do whatever you want with that thing. You're not going to disrespect anyone. Um, Yeah, and those those are made for the purpose of, like, painting on and and making some cool stuff. And I think there's a lot lot to be learned with all that. I just think that it... Before you, you jump into it on the deep end, it's like just practice a lot. Yeah. You know, it took me a long time to get to the point of like where I'm even confident enough to like put myself out there um, because a lot of it is reputation. I don't want to be the guy that's like, I remember like when people and I hear it from a lot of guys like, I remember when you sucked. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was there. Oh, yeah. man. Oh, well, that was dope. That was a lot of info. And y'all really just laid it down. I've. Love talking designer toys. I love talking with y'all. Y'all are the homies. But for the new homies, how about you tell them where they can find you? Uh, first of all, thanks for having us on. Of course. Um, you know, fans of this show. And so it's great to actually be in here. We're missing Danny right now, but I, know. I caught that crazy jumpsuit. Yeah, it was wild. <laughs> it doesn't work. It was shining. I was trying to look for that app that makes things extra shiny. <laughs> Couldn't find it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you can find me on uh, all social media as Rocom, R-O-C-O-M. And uh, my toys will be at the Blitz Creek Toys booth, twenty-seven twenty-nine, next to a lot of Kwong's painted works uh, at Designer Con in Anaheim this weekend. Ooh, and Kwong? Yeah, I'll actually be mostly at the Yesterday's Enamel Pin booth. Whoop whoop. And that's uh, booth nineteen twenty-three. 
And on social media, I'm just photos a la Kwong. Uh, that's Q-U-A-N-G. Yo, yo. So definitely check that. And you know me. It's your boy, If You Way, I-F-Y-N-W-A-D-I-W-E. Uh, on Twitter and Instagram, if D's on Twitch, come through, drop that free Twitch Prime sub. If it's been a month, because you know your boy loves to keep streaming, and when y'all do that, <laughs> that's how I do that, you know? So don't forget about me. I'll never forget about you. Definitely make sure you hop on Spotify. I know Rocom hates when I do this. <laughs> Just because it's old music. It's like Go albums that to 2014. Album. As a matter of fact, we're going to close out this episode <laughs> with one of his songs. Because uh, I remember Close Heart Surgery. I remember I'll go way back. Take Boombox way back. Ninjas. I know all of it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like we end always, do the things you love, buy the things you love, support your local artists, pay them what they're worth, and stay nerdy, y'all. I'll see you later. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.